Hello and welcome to the first Friday's podcast from the Ignite team. My name's Kieran. This month we welcome Anita Motha from CAFOD, the Catholic Agency for Overseas Development, which is the official overseas development charity of the Catholic Church in England and Wales. Anita tells us all about some of the things that she's got up to in the past, volunteering overseas, but also some of the things that CAFOD are doing right now. You can catch the show live every first Friday of the month on YouTube at 8pm UK time. Or you can catch up here on our podcast or again on YouTube. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. So as I said, our first guest is Anita from CAFOD. CAFOD, of course, is an important part of parishes and schools across the country, helping us to help people in the developing world. And Anita joins me on the line now. Hello, Anita. Hi, nice to see you. It's good to see you too. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? How's um, lockdown and so on been for you so far? Is it all right? everything's okay yes you know we we're we're in a very fortunate position i feel and i thank god every day for all the blessings that we have um yeah i know it's not easy for people so yeah very grateful to be here and good to talk to you tonight it's good to have you so um first just tell us a little bit about the role that you you have with CAFOD. What what exactly it is that you you do at CAFOD at the moment Absolutely. So um, I work on CAFOD's Young Adult Engagement. Um, So my official job title is Young Adult Programme Accompanier, which means I work with the 18 to 35 year old audience specifically. And I try to help teams across CAFOD look for exciting new ways to engage um, people who fall within that age bracket, much like you're doing, Kieran, um, with this lovely YouTube initiative um, of First Fridays. Um, so yeah, that's that's my job. Great. Okay. So it sounds really interesting. It must be quite. It must be quite fun, quite rewarding at times. But um, so a question we ask nearly all our guests is: sort of, Were you always a Catholic, and what, what was life like growing up? I was always a Catholic. Yes. Um, I've always been a Catholic. My family are from South India, from Chennai. um, And yeah, both my parents are Catholic. Probably everyone in my extended family is Catholic as well. So I was very much raised a Catholic. um, And, you know, when I was young, I used to go to mass every week. I, I usually say I was taken to mass every week because, you know, that that was just what we did. It was part of the norm. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, you know, moved away from home and things, um, yeah, my, my Catholic faith started to have a lot more meaning to me. I've, I guess, you know, I live, I've lived all over the world. Um, I've lived, I've grown up in Hong Kong. I've grown up in Dubai. I've grown up in the UK. Um, I've frequently visited um, family in Chennai as well. So I feel like in all those places that I've been, my Catholic faith has been 
one thing that's been a common a common feature and anywhere that i go in the world it's something that i can can find in people in places so yeah I, i've grown to appreciate my my faith as i've gotten older fantastic yeah so it sounds like you had a really sort of multicultural kind of upbringing a sort of a multicultural experience of the church as well and so you first got involved with kind of overseas development sort of stuff quite a few years ago. What was the what was the first country that you, you worked in then? So this was actually um, straight out of university. So I went to university in Newcastle and I was quite involved in the university chaplaincy there. Um, and that's where I got to learn a little bit more about um, international development work and how to put your faith into action. So. I actually went on a gap year with an international development agency um, and as part of that gap year we had a, a small trip to the Democratic Republic of Congo um, and for me at the age of 21 going to the DRC was quite an eye-opening experience even for somebody who had traveled a lot when I was younger as well and, and to an extent felt that I'd had an experience of development in, in things that I've seen in places around the world. So uh, yeah, whilst I was in the in the DRC, we, we specifically focused on looking at projects um, to do with governance and HIV and AIDS. So a lot of the work that, that I saw included elements of education within grassroots communities. So with the governance projects, it was educating people about the rights that they had on a very local yes. level, um, educating people about the power structures um, and how to make create change in in their local areas. So that for me was, was really inspiring to see um, real community action, mm -hmm people having their voices heard and making a difference in their own communities. And it, it was a similar thing with the, the HIV AIDS projects as well. There was a lot of education work done around the stigma of AIDS and you know how, how people can rebuild their lives after having contracted the virus and, and break down that stigma and show that they're, they're living quite positive, inspiring lives as well. So. So it was just really interesting to see how grassroots community projects were able to identify the issues that were within their community and think about practical steps towards resolving those issues. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that was my very first experience. Gosh, and, and yeah, and there's a lot, lot there and, lot, and it's quite a lot of responsibility almost to be involved with that sort of thing at quite a young age as well. But, it must be, I think there's sort of almost a common thread there of kind of people's, people's dignity, people, you know, being, having their rights and people being respected as people, you know, in, in all sorts of ways. That's really interesting. So you spent time in the DRC and you spent time in other, in other countries as well? I have. So um, I know I've mentioned India already and I've mentioned India as, um, you know, having visited there when I was younger. But I did, again, after, after this DRC experience, after working a little stint as a school chaplain, um, I did go and take a longer term voluntary role with the Salesians of Don Bosco. 
Um, and I went to India, to South India, to the state of Karnataka and worked in Bangalore on uh, projects that were seeking to rehabilitate street children. Um, so that was everything from, you know, rescuing children from railway lines, from living on the streets, to trying to get them um, reunited with parents, reunited with family, to all the counselling services that are uh, offered in and around that, <coughs> working with Childline, who the Salesians of Don Bosco set up in the state of um, Karnataka and rolled out across India. Um, yes, it was really a, a, an eye-opening experience as well to, to get to get to see sort of how something like rehabilitating street children is is such a complex issue from right from the the work that you do with children directly um, to all the advocacy work that needs to be done at government level at intergovernmental level um, yeah so that was again another really eye-opening experience that I've had and I feel I feel privileged to have had these um, experiences it's it's partly you know what's brought me to work for an uh, an agency like CAFOD mm. to try and inspire people to think about acting in similar ways. Sure, yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, and there's so much, look, it's sort of multi-layered sort of approach to kind of helping people as well. It's not just sort of giving them things there and then, it's sort of securing stuff with government and so on for the future. So that's, yeah, it's really remarkable. Um, so what do you kind of find motivates you in, in, in this kind of work? Because I think it must take a lot of sort of personal motivation to work in really difficult sort of circumstances like those. And what do you think kind of motivates you to work for social action and work in that particular field? That's a really good question. Um, I think I am just really interested in trying to understand the situations that people live in. Um, I think it's it's something that that you know we're called to do as Catholics, as Christians, as human beings, to have a, a deeper level of understanding of each other. And and particularly where there are people who are in some kind of <coughs> excuse me, in some kind of need, you know, it's it's something that I'm just really interested in in trying to understand why that need is there and and what what we can do what role do i have in terms of responding to that need um is there anything i can do is there any is there anyone i know who can help um can i use my voice in some way to help a situation um you're right it is not always easy um and sometimes th there's this this sort of constant question in your head of am I making a difference or you know how can I make a difference in, in people's lives but I think that any first of all starting to understand the situation that another person is living in is the very first step to to understanding how you can respond to that need so yeah, sure. yeah. does that answer does yeah that answer? definitely definitely and I mean would you what part would you say your your faith plays in in kind of in your work um I certainly think that that as as a Catholic that's 
what we're called to do. We're called to have an understanding. Pope Francis has been talking about this more and more um, recently about, you know, a culture, having a culture of encounter uh, and really starting to have some kind of <clears throat> human understanding of each other. So I, I certainly think that that sort of theme runs through my motivations for wanting to work in this sector. But also I, I think I strive to do that outside of my professional life as well. You know, really, really try and put myself in somebody else's shoes. Um, at, and I appreciate that it's even harder to do when we're in, in lockdown as well. So I find, I find that that's the challenge. And, and sometimes I wonder, what, there must be, if, if Pope Francis is still talking to us about human fraternity and solidarity uh, uh, and having this culture of encounter within the context of a global pandemic, then, you know, there must be something that God is calling us to do in terms of this pandemic response as well. Sure. We're having a few troubles with your picture, but I think your sound is still coming through because I can hear your answers. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, we're, we're coming, we've only, only got one more thing to ask you anyway, which is, and um, there's some things um, that CAFOD are doing at the moment, some campaigns and so on. What, 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 what can we get involved with at the moment? Oh, what wonderful. Um, I, there are two things that I'd love for people listening into this call to get involved with. So firstly, as everyone knows, Lent is coming up um, and we have a walk for water challenge. So it's it's on our website, um, cafo.org.uk forward slash walk for water. Um, and we're encouraging people to walk 10,000 steps a day and to raise sponsorship for this. Um, as they walk in solidarity with people who struggle, who have to walk miles and miles and walk 10 hours a day, even to get water for themselves where water is scarce. So walk for water, that's something that you can get involved with now. Um, and the other thing that I've been, I've touched on a little bit is um, the, the pandemic and this kind of global response to the pandemic. So our latest campaign is called Reclaim Our Common Home and you can find that on our website as well. So this year the UK is playing host to two major political meetings, the G7 summit in the summer and the global climate talks taking place in November. So we've got a petition that is live now um, asking the UK government, asking the Prime Minister to play a leading role in ensuring that temperature rises are kept below 1.5 degrees um, so that this climate crisis doesn't get even more out of hand. Um, so we would love for people to go online and sign that petition and look at for more ways to get involved in the campaign through the year. Great, thank you. Well, Anita, it's been really fascinating hearing some of your experiences. That, that is all we've got time for with you this evening. But thanks very much for joining us. And thanks. hopefully we'll catch up with you again another time. Thank you.
On to our musical guests now, and this month we have Bridget Holmes from Norfolk. She's a Catholic singer-songwriter, and she's sharing one of her own songs with us today. Hi, it's lovely to be with you um, for tonight's First Friday, and this is an original song.
Hello, good evening. I'm Father Luke Goymore and I'm the chaplain to Ignite and welcome back to my chapel and I'm delighted to lead this short time of prayer and reflection for the conclusion of our um, first Friday celebration. So let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus came up and spoke to them, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptise them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all the commands I gave you, and know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who is disciplined, who follows their master, who emulates the master, lives the same kind of life that their master lives, trained in their ways. But it's more than this. It's more than this. Because when we are a disciple of Jesus, we have Jesus, our divine master, living in us. So it's more about us sometimes getting out of the way, getting out of our heads and allowing the life, the presence, the power of Jesus to shine through us. Allowing Jesus to, to live in us and cooperate with that divine spirit, the spirit of God. Before we um, just move into this final stage of the prayer, let's just spend a moment and ask God's forgiveness for the times perhaps where we have failed in these areas. Confident that God loves us, forgives us and gives us the grace to grow and to build his kingdom in our lives. So. In our relationship with God. Lord Jesus, you love us and give yourself to us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In our relationship with others. Lord Jesus, you love us and reveal yourself to us in our neighbour. Christ, have mercy. Christ. Have mercy in our relationship to the world. Lord Jesus, you love us and give good gifts to us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. I want to conclude by praying together the words of a prayer which is attributed to St Francis of Assisi, the prayer of St Francis. I'm pretty sure he didn't actually write it, uh, it's a much more modern prayer, but it is very much a prayer which sums up the spirit of St Francis. And Francis knew what Christian discipleship meant. He knew that you had to love God with everything he had, 
But he also knew that loving God meant that he loved his neighbour. He loved God in the poorest of the poor and he loved God in creation. And those three things, God, neighbour, creation, St Francis taught and St Francis lived very effectively. So let us pray this prayer of St Francis and we could say really the prayer of Christian discipleship. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the First Fridays podcast from the Ignite team. You can catch the show live on YouTube at 8pm UK time on the first Friday of every month. Guests, music and conversation. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are Ignite Y-E-A. That's Ignite Y-E-A. Thanks very much for listening and God bless you.